From Seoul, Korea, KBS World Radio News Today starts right now. On today's broadcast, the U.S. urges North Korea to return to talks after the regime claims it has successfully tested a high-thrust solid-fuel motor. Japan's new security strategy receives a warm welcome in Washington. And new COVID-19 cases hit a 15-week high for a Saturday at 66,930. This is KBS World Radio News. I'm Jim Bully. White House has urged North Korea to return to dialogue following the regime's claim that it successfully tested a high-thrust solid-fuel motor for missiles. In a Friday briefing, John Kirby, National Security Council coordinator for strategic communications, said that Mr. Kim, referring to North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, continues to pursue military capabilities that pose a threat to the region, to the peninsula, to our allies and partners, and to U.S. national security interests. He said that is why the U.S. is going to continue to work with Japan and South Korea and why its force presence and exercises and training on the peninsula and in the region will continue. Kirby added that is why the U.S. has worked to improve its own intelligence collection capabilities in and around the Korean peninsula. The spokesman, however, restated the U.S. offer to sit down without preconditions with North Korea and urged Kim to accept that offer to try to find a diplomatic path forward to the denuclearization of the peninsula. North Korean state media said Friday that the country conducted a static firing test of a solid fuel motor with a thrust of 140 ton force the previous day as part of the development of a new strategic weapon. Following North Korea's claim that it successfully tested a high thrust rocket engine that uses solid fuel, U.S. experts say the technology is still in the early stages. Speaking to Radio Free Asia on Friday, David Schmerler, senior researcher at the James Martin Center for Nonproliferation Studies, said he has no reason to doubt North Korea's test claims as we saw them build the test stand in recent satellite imagery, noting that the specific snow melt opposite the test stand would suggest the test did in fact happen. He said the test indicates the North is intent on making the progression to much longer-range missiles that use solid fuel, and this diversification will complicate the North Korean threat in the future. But presently, this is just the initial step toward a more complex missile arsenal, and the regime does not have the technology parity with the US. Michael O'Hanlon at the Brookings Institution also said the report is likely true, but we don't really know that this one static test demonstrates a viable capability. The US Department of Defense said the US has been very clear on its commitment to the defense of South Korea, Japan and the US homeland and will continue to coordinate closely with allies and partners to address the threats posed by North Korea and advance the shared objective of the complete denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula. A senior US official said Washington and Seoul are generally aligned on China-related issues, including Taiwan. Speaking in a webinar hosted by the Center for Strategic and International Studies on Friday, Deputy Assistant Secretary of State Mark Lambert gave this remark when asked about whether the U.S. and South Korea were on the same page in regards to China. He said he thinks the two sides are generally in alignment, but added that, of course, every country is going to have its own priorities, and the goal is to try to shape behavior. He further explained that this is not trying to stop China from having a robust role in the world, as it is the globe's second largest economy. Lambert said the Koreans have witnessed how China is willing to use economic coercion to try to push or punish other countries for doing things that it disagrees with, referring to Beijing's economic retaliation following Seoul's deployment of the U.S. THAAD missile defense system. 
He said that because Korea is so close to China, it's probably not going to be as vocal on everything that it disagrees with. But the U.S. official insisted that Korea also recognizes and has stated publicly the importance of peace and security in the Taiwan Strait. He said we all should work together to avoid the economic and geopolitical crisis that a conflict across the Taiwan Strait would pose. Regarding South Korea-Japan relations, Lambert said it was encouraging to see both sides demonstrating the political will and wisdom to improve ties and that he was cautiously optimistic the two sides may reach an agreement on the historical issues in the near future. The U.S. government has welcomed Japan's security strategy shift towards stepping up defense capabilities as a bold and historic step that will also modernize the U.S.-Japan alliance. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said in a statement Friday that Japan has taken a bold and historic step to strengthen and defend a free and open Indo-Pacific with the adoption of its new national security strategy, national defense strategy and defense build-up program. He said the strategy sets forth the vision of Prime Minister Kishida and the Japanese people for a broad and strong community of partners and allies in support of peace and stability in the region, and Japan's goal to significantly increase defense investments will also strengthen and modernize the bilateral alliance. Sullivan said the new strategy reinforces the Prime Minister's deep commitments to international peace and nuclear proliferation and sets the stage for Japan's leadership in 2023 as it takes a seat on the UN Security Council and hosts the G7. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken also issued a statement welcoming Japan's move. He said that alliances and partnerships are the most important strategic asset and Japan's new documents reshape the ability of their alliance to promote peace and protect rules-based order in the Indo-Pacific region and around the world. He applauded Japan's commitment to modernizing the alliance through increased investment in enhanced roles, missions and capabilities and close defense cooperation. Lincoln said that Japan's strategy converges with the U.S.'s in recognizing that closer links among like-minded nations are paramount to protect shared interests and values and address shared challenges. He said that from Afghanistan to Ukraine, Japan is an indispensable partner in addressing the most pressing challenges to global stability and in supporting all nations that cherish a rules-based international order. On the day Japan declared a new national security strategy that includes counter-strike capabilities, China deployed an aircraft carrier strike group in the West Pacific in an apparent show of protest. According to Tokyo, a fleet led by China's Liaoning aircraft carrier on Friday passed through waters near Okinawa and headed south to the Pacific. According to Kyoto News Agency, the fleet comprised six ships in total, including three guided missile destroyers. China's state-run English newspaper, The Global Times, said the country's most powerful carrier group entered the West Pacific for drills as Japan breaks away from its defense-only principle. Japan's Yomiuri Shimbun said the Chinese carrier group did not enter Japanese waters, but noted the unusual size of the fleet. In May this year, the Liaoning carrier group held a Farsi exercise in the West Pacific to the east of Taiwan and south of Japan, featuring over 300 aircraft sorties in some 20 days. New COVID-19 cases registered in the 60,000s on Saturday as the winter resurgence continues. The Korea Disease Control and Prevention Agency said that 66,930 infections were reported throughout Friday, similar to the previous day. The figure is up by 4,000 from a week ago and by 14,000 from two weeks prior, as on-week rises continue. For a Saturday tally, it is the highest in 15 weeks. Authorities believe the spread will continue for the time being. The country's cumulative caseload is above 28 million. 
The number of critically ill hospitalised patients has edged down to 468, but has remained above 400 for nearly a month. Friday added 55 deaths, raising the death toll to 31,353. The overall fatality rate stands at 0.11%. And two confidants of Kim Manbei, a key figure in the Dejangdong development scandal, have been detained by prosecutors. The Seoul Central District Court on Friday issued arrest warrants for the two individuals, citing the risk of flight and evidence destruction. The two, surnamed Che and Lee, are accused of assisting Kim in hiding roughly 26 billion won in alleged criminal proceeds from the development project, including by purchasing real estate. Prosecutors believe they resorted to such methods to evade the seizure of those funds by law enforcement. With the arrests, the investigation is expected to zero in on monetary transactions between the two and Kim. Kim is the major shareholder of Huachan Deyu, an asset management firm at the centre of the scandal, while Lee is the firm's co-chair and Che a board member. Kim attempted suicide earlier this week after news that prosecutors were seeking to arrest Che and Lee first broke. And that's the news from KBS World Radio's News Centre in Seoul. I'm Jim Bully.